0: Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast channel. I really like the sound of that statement, by the way. Today, I would like us to talk about religious fanaticism in Africa. Okay, so first of all, we can describe a fanatic as an overenthusiastic person. Fanaticism can be defined as overenthusiasticism and zealousness which may cross all bounds of reason and may tend to become wild and dangerous. Therefore, those who are over-enthusiastic about their religious beliefs and practices to the detriment of others are religious fanatics. Religious fanaticism is the manipulation of religious beliefs by believers who satisfy their own selfish interest. It is mostly characterized by violence, exaggeration, and excesses. I cannot overemphasize the importance of religion in every society. From the term religion alone, we know it is meant to be a good thing, but when something which is meant to unify people acts as a factor which brings enmity, hate, and division, is it really serving its purpose? Nowadays, we meet people on the streets who are not even believers, portray very moral characters, and we get many immoral behaviors coming from the church. One of the most dangerous attitudes of religious believers is the claim of supremacy over the others. Most religious practitioners, especially Christians and Muslims, believe themselves to be the most authentic ones, while apparently, other religions are sinners. With this state of mind, we Christians dedicate our existence to ensuring that others are converted into our faith. Do you need proof that religious fanaticism is a virus eating deep through our society? I'm sure you've heard of the Boko Haram sects. They are made up of die-hard Islams who somehow believe that what they are doing is right and justified. Boko Haram's ideological mission is primarily to overthrow the Nigerian state with its western values and impose strict Islamic Sharia law in the entire country. Now, how do you become overly religious such that killing people becomes justifiable? Because of this fanaticism and religious extremism, religion has become widely associated with violence. For example, the al-Shabaab in East Africa Boko Haram in Nigeria and LRA in Uganda justified their brutality with religion. I recall sometime in 2019, there was a viral video showing a Cameroonian woman who decided to keep three corpses in her house for three years, praying and hoping for a miraculous resurrection. Now, how does a rational thinking person act in such inhumane manner with a religious backing? Also read during the early months of the COVID-19 outbreak that a few church leaders in Zambia Petitioned government to reopen churches so that they can pray against COVID-19. Unsurprisingly, the followers were also up in arms in full support. Africa has two problems, a leadership crisis and religious fanaticism. A lot of Christians may get angry at what I'm saying, but if you find it offensive, then take a step back and check yourself. But a lot of things we observe over today isn't what will take us to heaven rosaries olive oil handkerchief wine bread water or all other religious symbols we need to have a good relationship with god which most of us don't have if we are being honest the base of christianity is love and that's lacking a lot these days but let's not go there now religion is like a knife in the hands of a chef it can do wonders but in the hands of a maniac it can wreak havoc History and recent happenings have shown how religious fanatics have used religion as a tool to oppress people or create hell on earth for those with differing views. Moreover, it doesn't help that some texts contained in these holy books are vague, thereby making interpretation based upon the interpreter's bias. With this in mind, believers of any faith should tread carefully and constantly ask these questions. What is the aim of the message being preached? Does this sit well with my conscience? Will it oppress my neighbors? If tables were turned and I was at the receiving end of these teachings, will I be pleased? Essentially, one has to remember the golden rule: do unto others what you want them to do unto you. It's okay to be religious, live a life dedicated to God, but what happens when that dedication takes complete toll on your reasoning? I watched a video one time of a building on fire, and in the U.S., all kinds of fire trucks were brought to quench that fire and save lives while in africa people surrounded a burning building in their numbers praying no effort whatsoever to help turn it off now god is supposed to somehow immediately send in jamaica to come and carry the victims out of the fire out Abbey. oh we didn't read the part in the bible which said god helps those who help themselves Africans quote the verse saying, Pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians 5 17 and forget to leave the verse which says, Faith without action is dead in James 2 verse 26. A student prefers to fast for seven days than to actually open their book and study. Westerners introduced us to Christianity and while we've held on to the Bible for economic growth they've held on to our raw materials. There is a strong correlation between religious fanaticism and economic underdevelopment in Africa. I mean these things are very clear, it's not even a secret anymore. And it's okay for our parents to be drowned in acts like this, but why will a fully grown and well-educated adult still be deceived? Don't get me wrong, God exists. And personally, I've seen him work wonders in my life. But why can't we as Christians? focus on our heavenly ways and our spiritual uprightness than try to portray everyone else as a sinner for not following your own path. So much for judgment is for God alone. I think we go one step closer to salvation when we accept and celebrate our differences. It is evident that education breaks intergenerational poverty, reframes mindsets and changes perceptions. Hate speech and negative perception about other people's values and beliefs are cultivated at a young age, at homes and schools. Christian families teaching their children that people who are not Christians will go to hell is the genesis of the problem. Programs should work with education systems to integrate social empowerment, interreligious dialogues, and community initiatives in schools in order to build social coercion from a young age. Since the media has played a big role in distorting peace and spreading hatred globally, there is therefore a need to amplify peace messages at all forums, including social media where young people get information. This will gradually change the narrative about peace, security, and violent extremism. Africa as a continent prays the most if it can be quantified, yet starves the highest. We have the highest number of churches and spend 60% of our lives in church, and somehow we think this is our ticket to heaven. It's like the more we go to church, the less economic growth we attain. Hunger and poverty levels in Africa spikes on the daily. And some Christians even believe it's a sin to be rich. They quote, It is hard for a rich man to go into the kingdom of God in Matthew chapter 9, verse 24. But they forget to quote, You eat the wealth of nations and boast in riches in Isaiah 61, verse 6. We study the Bible as we see it with no form of objectivity and critical thinking. I'm sure God, God meant better for us. Suffering cannot be your portion just because you decided to follow Him or oh, please show me where in the bible it said christians have to be poor and i will stand corrected we read first Timothy 6 verse 10 and understood it as money is the root of all evil no it's not the love for money is the root of all evil few countries have suffered starvation more starvation civil strife and cross-border wars than Ethiopia, or more tragic genocide than rwanda my hope is that Others will be able to learn from and be inspired by these countries and even try to catch up with these countries in their resolve on peace-building and strategies for building their economies. They remind me of a verse in the Quran that says, God will not change the condition of a people until they are ready to change what is within themselves. These countries, I believe, prove to the rest of Africa and beyond that no situation is beyond repair and that they will always be good and caring people within the international community and in Africa, willing to assist through their governments and NGOs. They show that there is always hope if a people and its leadership are determined to care for each other. Let me also add that they show a better future in Africa. As I think of Botswana too, two, but also South Korea, Singapore, and Malaysia, it's not necessarily undermined by dictatorships, especially, and it's very lucky to have... A benevolent dictator a great leader eleanor roosevelt said that the future belongs to those who believe in the power of their dreams so for africa there is great hope for total transformation if we focus on developing value-based leadership transforming the education system and fully integrating peace education into the latter so that young people are immunized with positive messages right from childhood to become part of their dna Religious fanaticism is the only thing we do better than the rest of the world. And I think it's time we wake up from whatever curse we've been drowned in for this long. As Africans, it's time we take over. I'm your girl, Rudy, and once again, thanks for listening to me. Until next time, please stay safe.